Okay, I'm recording. And all right, here we go. Three, two, one, podcast. If you wish to be the king of the jungle, it's not enough to act like a king. You must be the king. There can be no doubt. Because doubt causes chaos and one's own demise. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. The greater effing good, man. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks. I appreciate that. I really had to think about that one for a minute, but yeah, you know, I did the best I could. Appreciate that. No Uh, problem. Yeah. You going to do it the whole episode or just the, just the intro here? I know it's maybe if the spirit moves me, I'm not sure. Yeah. I could keep it. I could lose it. Whatever. All right. I'm I'm always impressed one because I I mean I've been listening to your accents for for forever, but I'm always impressed that you can do like the different region regions of England. You know, like if you needed to do proper British English, like you could. But I I always like this this version. Yeah. Well, this one, you know, it kind of falls off the tongue a little bit easier because it's a little laid back, you know, and it's not as proper, and that's okay. But sometimes when I do this, it goes into australian for some reason i don't know why that's, <laughs> that's weird like that yeah i'm not Maybe gonna lie strains of ben affleck for some reason it's weird yeah <laughs> john knows the joke um yeah no you, you actually kind of right now i'm it feels like i'm talking to eggsy from the kingsman right now you yeah, looking- i can see that that's okay it's a little bit eggsy ish yeah. yeah, I was afraid you didn't know that reference. I was going to get to be upset. So I, I know we've we've not watched know. it for the podcast, but I like I like eggs. <laughs> it's good. Okay, a little bit over medium though. All right, over medium. You don't like them runny. You don't like runny eggs. Not ill. No. I'm I'm fat. I don't like to chase. <laughs> That's a joke I did there. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to move on from eggs and things like that. This is episode 415, 415. That means it's tax day, everybody. And tonight we're talking about The Gentleman, Guy Ritchie's The Gentleman. I am Sean Allred, and joining me tonight is Andrew, always keeps frozen Russians in his freezer, Jimison. That are really nice track suits in my closet. Yeah? Yeah. Like be a part of the track suit mafia. Okay. What was that movie, The Tracksuit Mafia? That's a movie r- reference. Yeah, it is. Where is it? Oh, The Tracksuit Mafia. Oh, he's going <laughs> to stew on that all night. Oh, I can't think of what it's from. Gosh dang it. <laughs> yeah, don't tell me right now. We'll, we'll figure. You're going to be in the middle of like some brilliant point about the show, about the movie, and also I'm going to go, oh my God, that's from The Thing. <laughs> Tracksuit Mafia. Gosh dang it. All right. And making his Cheap Seat Reviews debut is producer John T., Always asks for a steak when blackmailing people. Bolds. Careful. It's hot. 
<laughs> I love that he touched it. You like it's a grill. Like it's an open grill. There are open flames right there. <laughs> right there. And he still touched it. I love it. Oh my gosh. Oh, so yeah, let's pull up a cuppy chair and dive in. Again, no Sam tonight. Some personal stuff came up, so we're thinking about Sam. Of course, by the time you hear this, uh, we hopefully that all things are good, but still, uh, as we record right now, things are not great. So thinking about Sam and his family. So yeah. All right. So the gentleman, Guy Ritchie's the gentleman, 2019's the gentleman, starring Matthew McConaughey or McConaughey, however you want to pronounce it. McConaughey, 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 yeah. Charlie Hunman. This is our second Charlie Hunman movie because uh, we he was also in the King uh, King Arthur: Legend of the Sword, which is also a Guy Ritchie film. And I think I'm uh, the only person in America that liked that movie. <laughs> no, I liked it. It was okay. Okay, good. Uh, it also stars Colin Farrell. Hugh Grant in probably my favorite Hugh Grant movie ever. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then a bunch of other people that are also usually in Guy Ritchie films like Eddie Marsden, who was, um, a detective Lestrade in Sherlock Holmes and Tom Wu, who played Lord George in this was George in King, uh, King Arthur. So we've we've also I didn't seen even realize that yeah right. it's the same guy it's George. So when they called him Lord George in the movie, I thought, oh well, that's an obvious nod to that. Uh, but yeah, this movie, 2019. So was this the first time viewing for all three of us? Because it was for me. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw it in the theater when it came out. Oh, you did? Okay. Yep. So oh, you cool. so why? Uh, I'm a I love Guy Ritchie caper films. Yeah, uh, British British gangster capers. I'm I'm all over them, and this one, like I was, it was very fun to see in the, on the big screen. That's cool. So so let's talk about some Guy Ritchie films. So what are some of the other ones that you like? Like how would you rank this up with like Snatch or, um, some of the other ones that he's done? I would put it just below Snatch and above Rock and Rolla, which I think is better than Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, which I know is probably not a popular guy Richie opinion I haven't seen revolver probably one of my my biggest gaps but as far as his his gangster capers go um I would say snatch then this then rock and roller then block stock all right yep yeah I'm looking through some of his stuff too yeah I need to see uh, we definitely need to do for the podcast we need to do revolver we need to do rock and roller like I love Guy Ritchie films. I, I kind of fell in love with him actually with Sherlock Holmes. That was my first yeah. introduction to his movies with Sherlock mm-hmm. Holmes. And I thought, oh, I like this. And then Man from Uncle came out and I thought, well, this was kind of a fun time. I had a good time with Man from Uncle. Man from Uncle is an unappreciated masterpiece of just fun I, film. Like, yeah, I, I still haven't seen it. It is, it's just so fun to watch. Yeah. Like, it's like, how did this not just go huge? It, it does kind of scream our podcast. You know, like it, it does kind of scream mm. like it's the perfect thing for this show because it is a little underappreciated, underwatched. I think mostly because the people that know what Man from Uncle is are like my dad, and he's not going to watch the remake unless I say, right. Dad, let's watch the remake. 
Yeah. Um, which is what I did. I watched yeah. it with and, him. And you've got, you know, it's like, oh, here's the guy who plays Superman playing a spy against one of the guy, who, the guy who played the twins in the social network. Like, oh, both of these guys are really funny and can carry the spy comedy. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. That's also like the two most attractive men in Hollywood at the same time. Right. right? And then Alicia Vikander next to them, just blowing them both out of the water too, with her attitude. Like, right. Yeah. 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 It's a neat, it's a neat thing. Uh, we'll, we'll do it for the podcast. At some point I plan on watching all of his uh, feature films for the podcast. I just, yeah. him, him and like, I need him, to see more. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Careful. cause I, he, I haven't seen swept from Lock. the sea. You don't want to promise yeah. over promise. <laughs> you know, I haven't seen a lot. I haven't seen snatch, which we did it for the uh, podcast. From what I hear. Yeah. I don't think I was on that episode though. Oh, damn. Cause I don't, I don't remember that at all. Um, and then, uh, and if I was, then I don't know that I paid attention to the movie. Um, Wait, but I don't think I was. Maybe we didn't do it. Did yeah. we not? Uh, lock, stock and <laughs> two smoking barrels. I haven't seen. Um, and you know, wrath of man was the latest one we saw, yeah. which I liked King Arthur. I liked and then, uh, of course, the Sherlock Holmes films uh, I really liked. So I think I need to see some more of his stuff. Yeah. Hold on, I'm I'm really having like a uh, what's it called a uh, Manchurian? Not a Manchurian. What's it called? Deja vu. Yeah. Not no, not deja vu. Um, Outer body experience. No, it was the erection. Stop it! It was uh, <laughs> God, the apartheid. Mandela effect. Gosh, dang oh, it. Oh, okay. I could have swore we watched Snatch for the podcast because I watched the movie, but it's not in our spreadsheet and it's not in my clips uh, vault. Holy shit. How have we not done that? I guess I just watched it. I didn't know I did that anymore. Just watched movies for the fun of it. I thought I only watched things for the podcast. Oh. So sad, man. You need to just enjoy movies. I don't have time. I just, I really don't. I mean, especially <laughs> no, now that like, I know you are, but like now that DC is punch or not DC, definitely not DC. Now that Marvel Disney plus is pumping out like she Hulk and or, and then Andor, and and yeah, that just started, didn't it? Yeah. And I watched the first two episodes of Andor. no spoilers, but you know, it's, yeah. it's a 12 episode season and they've already greenlit two seasons. So I'm just going to oh. just say it's, it's kind of a slow burn. Okay. They, they've got a long way to go and they're yeah. going to take their time. I think there's also the, the game of Thrones. Are, are you watching that? The, I'm, the I'm not, but yeah, I'm not. Did you ever watch the original game of Thrones show? So I read yeah. books one through three. And when I got okay. to the red wedding, I threw the book in the trash. Uh-oh. Now I fished it out. And then finished the book about six <laughs> months later at the request of Sam and then yeah. started book four and then something else happened and then legit put the book back on my shelf and stopped watching it or stopped reading it. I read or watched all of season one and got to, I watched the red wedding and then stopped. I just couldn't do it. It was, I, I just couldn't do it anymore. So Sam kept, you know, he, he harasses me. If he were here, he would call me a quitter and, you're missing out. I'm like, I don't need to punish myself. You know, I just, <laughs> life is hard as it is. I don't need to watch it be difficult. You know, I like movies that are fun and that they escape or mainly shows, you know, like I want my TV shows to be 
Like my favorite shows are Psych and Leverage and you know Leave it to Beaver. The Star Trek, you know, things that have hope and that are fun and don't really have a yeah, lot yeah. of consequences, yeah. you know. You don't want to turn Andy on the Griffith. feel bad episode of the week every time. Yeah. Like yeah. I've never watched Breaking Bad for the same reason. I know it's great TV. Oh. I know it's great. I'm I'm not not watching it because it's not good TV. I know it's good TV. I just don't want to watch the worst in people. You're killing me, Smalls. I know. I, I I hear this all the time. I hear it all the time. When I say, Yeah, I've never watched Breaking Bad or the zombie show, Walking Dead, or Oh, don't. No, I'm with you yeah. on The Walking Dead. Or, that, one, that is the feel bad television show ever. It, like, it really is. Yeah. Yeah. I just I'm 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 good. There's enough bad in the world. I'm good. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, I respect that. <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, I get a lot of grief for it on Twitter, but that's fine. I mean I, I say it on Twitter so I can get reaction. <laughs> uh, to be fair. Hey, engagement's engagement, man. That's right. That is absolutely right. So Let's talk about this movie. I'm so excited to talk about this movie. I posted this on Twitter yesterday, or I guess yesterday. It's been a long time since we watched a movie for the podcast where when I got done, I wanted to immediately watch again. Like extremely rewatchable movie. If yes. it if it wasn't for the fact because we because we had to you know move the show recording a day. So if it wasn't for the fact that my wife was like, hey, let's watch Andor and She Hulk, I would have watched this again. Yeah. Uh-huh. If I could have, I just, I'm not saying that she controls the TV. I'm just saying she wanted to watch something with me. So therefore I wanted to watch it too. Uh, but this movie was just, this movie was everything that wrath of man wasn't. Yeah. You know, like I, I would, yeah, like I liked wrath of man, but it's not this. This huh. is, I mean, this is still a, you know, a drama with, you know, violence and killing and, but it's just like, these are bad guys, right? I mean, he's technically a, a bad guy, right? He kills other whatever, but like everyone he kills deserves it. They don't, they don't kill innocents, right? I mean, even yeah. the Russian kid falls out the window is 100% his own fault. Yeah. You know, like yeah, it's, it, it, it's just fun it, it is it's just like all right you know the opening credits give you an impression of the film everybody in the opening credits except matthew mcconaughey is shooting in some way either with a camera or firing guns and it gives you an impression if you just watch those like oh what am i getting into like not mm-hmm. that which i think is a fun way to mess with the audience just from the get-go well obviously the opening scene and then the credits are just meant to throw you off the the off track completely yeah so. Well, yeah, I mean, because the show, the movie opens with Matthew McConaughey delivering that dialogue I posted there at the beginning, and then you see a guy walk up behind him, pull a silencer out, and then there's a gunshot, and there's blood on the wall or whatever, and you're like, wait, is this movie going to show how Matthew McConaughey gets popped in the head? Like, that's what you think. Yep, and yeah, then, that's what you expect. That's kind of what you expect, and when we get to that moment, he's he, he's fine, and Charlie Hunman's there to to save him. Uh, because honestly, I'm not going to lie. Honestly, when that that moment happens, like we as an audience, right, we're now trying to figure out who's the guy that shot him, right? Who's that guy, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And for a pretty good part of link, length of the movie, I thought it was going to be Charlie Hunman. Oh, okay. Like, oh, I, really? like I thought it was going to be like a portrayal kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, I but like that. I'm glad it wasn't. I really am too. Yeah. <laughs> I really am too. <laughs> I, right, so I'm going to be so. This movie 
is an evolution of a of one of the original British gangster movies. Um, that have you ever either of you seen the Long Good Friday from 1980? No, no. I I like if you watch that. Having watched this, if you watch that, you'll see. Oh, oh, this is what Guy Ritchie either was relitigating or this is like his Inspired version of that movie. Yes. Yeah. And I mean down to several just exact same shots and type types of plot point. So mm-hmm. I think this is his love story, love note to that movie. And, and so that kind of opening was like, okay, I like it because it, a seemingly inconsequential thing turns out to be the biggest deal in the whole movie. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's do five word reviews while we're here. Andrew, why don't you go ahead and lay down your five word review? Do you mean to do the read so people know? What oh, this yeah, is sure. Why not? Let's do the read because I actually <laughs> like this read. Yeah. An American expat tries to sell off his highly profitable marijuana empire in London, triggering plots, schemes, bribery and blackmail in an attempt to steal his domain out from under him. Yeah. Pretty spot yeah. on. Uh, okay. So, sorry, I got distracted by... So I so one piece of trivia that I'm going to get to in a minute. But I'm looking at Guy Ritchie's filmography, right? And you you know you click on director there, and you know I forget that he did the Aladdin movie. Like I forget because it doesn't feel like a Guy Ritchie film. It's just honestly, if you would have told did he me, directed or just no, he directed it's a it. Screenplay. Yeah, he directed it. Oh yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. Okay. Um, if you would have told me John Favreau did it, I would have believed you because it doesn't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying like it doesn't feel like. A Guy mm-hmm. Ritchie film. It just feels like any of the other live action Disney films. Like they all feel like they're the same thing. And yeah. and that's fine. They're not bad movies. I don't hate them. They're just they're fine. My kids like them. Whatever. Um. So then I look up. You know. So he did The Gentleman in 2019, and then Wrath of Man in 21, and then something this year, Operation Fortune Ruse de Guerre. I know I didn't spell that, pronounce that right, but it came out. I'm to, sorry. What was that? Yeah, I, I did that badly on purpose. But it stars Audrey Plaza, Jason Statham, Josh Hartnett, Carrie Elwes, Hugh Grant, Damn. Eddie Marsden, uh, and some other dudes that we recognize from things, but like you wouldn't recognize their name. But like I look at these pictures and go, oh yeah, these guys are all dudes from other Guy Ritchie films, and it's a uh, special agent Orson Fortune, really? That's his name, Orson Fortune. <laughs> and his team of operatives rescue one of Hollywood's biggest movie stars to help them on an to help them on an un- undercover mission when the sale of a deadly new weapons technology threatens to disrupt the world order. Okay, that's a lot. That's a lot. But it just says action comedy thriller. So kind of an I spy type thing? I guess. I can't. When when did this thing come out? Uh, is it out? It just says 2022. Uh, I'm looking, I'm looking. Release date. It just says 2022. It doesn't have a a, a month, so maybe it's not been released yet. Hmm. Yeah, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's weird. Well, okay, so it's already been released in Indonesia. A UAB, oh, Mexico. So, markets only first. Yeah, it hasn't hit us yet. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, 
sounds fun. Yeah, it does. It. I mean, the trailer looks hilarious. I'm not going to lie. I mean, Audrey Plaza is going to bring some comedy to it. Uh-huh. Right? So, all right. Well, I'm here for it. But then, here's the other thing. Uh, he, there's They're making a TV show based off this movie. The Gentleman miniseries. Good. Because... I I was thinking, I'm like, man, this could actually have a little series attached to it. Yeah. Like there yeah. are enough character well well written characters and stories here that's like I could I could stand to see more of almost everybody in this movie. Yeah. So it's oh, yeah. it's uh it's like, in pre production right now. I don't know if it's the same actors, but it's I uh, hope it follows the coach. Like uh Colin I, <laughs> Yes. Yeah. That character was my favorite character. I know we're already like jumping in but yeah that con farrell is such a great actor yeah and he plays this role perfectly like the scene where he like knocks the crap out of these teenagers in a restaurant i (laughs) i was laughing the whole time even though i mean it was a serious thing he was trying to teach him a lesson yeah but at the same time i was like yes i i want to see more of this yeah yeah i that that is going to be something I bring up. It's like, you know what? If this movie, if he had been more of the main character, it's that's the only way I think this movie would have been more enjoyable. It's uh-huh. like, I, I, I could I could stand to see fewer millionaires and more coach and the toddlers. Yeah. I, I did yeah. like, yeah, the toddlers, they were all pretty funny too. But you're right. Like the, the coach is just such an interesting character because like, I don't know, for some reason when he was introduced, there was a part of me that thinks like, oh, okay, he's going to be a rival also, right? He's uh-huh. he's coming in to complicate things. And he immediately is like, hey, my bad. I'm sorry. Here's your product back, and I will owe you some favors. Like, just don't hurt my guys. Like, don't hurt my boys because I, I protect them. I'm like, that's a really cool thing. And he's willing to – I mean, obviously, this is a guy that has probably done bad things in the past. Otherwise, he wouldn't be so willing to shoot two Russians in the back of the head. But yeah, you're right. He's such a great character, which is obviously why Andrew, he's your background for tonight's episode. Yeah. Also, those tracksuits are fantastic, and I want one of each. Like, did you figure out where the tracksuit mafia is from yet? No, I actually forgot about it until he just said tracksuit <laughs> and okay. put it in the back uh, of my head. I don't want to Google it, but I'll. Okay. Gosh dang it. Tracksuit. I'm just going to keep uh, plugging it in when I feel like it tonight. Yeah, go ahead. Keep, by all means. <laughs> by the end of the episode, either you'll just tell me or I'll figure it out. I don't think I'm no. going to figure it out, but you're going to. Well, s- I mean, and by the end of the movie, that's basically what they've created is taking a character who tries to do good in the community and tries to help out. And it's like, well, now he's a ringleader of a gang. Yeah. That does drug heists and murders and, <laughs> and takes out rival Russians. Okay, for I want the wrong reason, but with the right result. I, yeah, so that was a question I wanted to ask you. Is that at the end of the movie, right, where the Russians are there to kill Matthew McConaughey's character, and they they get him in the car that that SUV, and McConaughey realizes that he's he's done for, right? And then the you know the toddlers say, "Hey, we're gonna take care of." What's his name? Matthew. The Mike. Yeah, the Michael situation. My, yeah, we, we're gonna take care of it, and they use that phrase, which, with connotation, could mean one of you know means we're gonna help him uh-huh. or we're gonna kill him, right? Yeah. And yeah. so they get in front of him, and they just open up with automatic weapons into the van. So, 
were they trying to kill Matthew McConaughey or were they trying to save him? I am in the, they were trying to kill him. They didn't know who was driving that car. They were trying to just take him out so that their coach wouldn't have to keep doing favors for the bad, for the gangsters. Yeah. Yeah. And it just happened to work out in everybody's favor. I also love that they're filming that too. while they spray the (laughs) vehicle with bullets. Yeah. (laughs) These guys filmed everything. These guys are crazy. Just filming all. It's it's the perfect, uh, perfect example of today's society. Like, you know, back in the day, people would get away with crimes because they had no evidence, but now people film themselves doing it, whatever it is. Yeah. You know? Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Um, John, what's your five word? Um, did, did we even get to Andrews? Yeah, he did his. Okay. Oh no, no. Uh, I, I, I said, Andrew, yeah. do it. And then you did the read. It's, it's fine, John. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All right. I have, I have two. My first is fun, Richie gangster movie evolution. Just like we talked about earlier, stacking on top of his 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 uh, lower budget early days, and then great acting saves the day. Nice, because with a different cast, this movie could have been terrible. Yeah. Uh-huh. So yeah, we, I agree. I think the casting was perfect for this. Like, so we so we like Matthew McConaughey in this role. Yeah, I do. Okay, yeah. I I do too. Like, there are some times when you look at him and think. Yeah, take it or leave it, right? I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I think you could have had any, you know, charming white actor in Interstellar and it would have worked. I don't think he made that movie better. I think, you know, saying like that feel, it's a Christopher Nolan film. It's just one of those movies where it feels like the director's bigger than the actor. Whereas, Uh for me, no, this movie does, does scream Guy Ritchie. I think Matthew McConaughey is great in this movie. I just think he's. He just embodies American and Brit British at the same time. It's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And the way they describe him as being able to move between all the all the groups in society because he is an outsider in, in mm-hmm. somewhere, you know, in a completely new world, but also watching him go from being all suave to freaking out a little bit when it's like, hey, by the way, we dropped a Russian out the window. Yeah. <laughs> you need to invest in some parachutes is is one of my favorite lines in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. The second guy goes out. Yeah. Yeah, it was the the Chinaman, right? That they were chasing mm-hmm. and he he fell off the bridge and then got squished by the train. Uh <laughs> just Oh. Yeah. yeah fuck. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh yes, I know you were just saying his name, but still I'm going to have to bleep that out. Um but that's his name. I know it is. It's it's funny <laughs> too. So I, it was just so funny because I have IMDb pulled up on the gentleman and it's just looping the trailer and it's the scene where they have that guy in the trunk of their car and they're getting ready to pull yeah. him out. Is is literally the the trailer that's playing right now. It's, that's funny. Yeah. Uh, that whole yeah, scene was. I, I thought that that was kind of a funny uh, choice of name for him, um, but I love it when. Directors throw little things like that in there that are edgy just because. Yeah. yeah. And it gives the fun wordplay back and forth while they're standing over the trunk talking to him and about him. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. we're just going to, we're just doing a little who's on first. Got it. Yeah. P H U C is his name. So, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of that. So, uh, so Sam actually presented a five word review. Andrew, I promise we are going to do yours. 
Um, no, it's okay. Uh, and, uh, Sam says completely rewatchable Richie film. Uh-huh. Uh, it's only four. And he also, dot, dot, dot. he also wrote the hell who, what, huh? <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. I was with that for most of the film. Yeah. Cause there's it, this movie does kind of keep you guessing about what's going on. And cause like even the way that when I mentioned like the tease at the beginning where you think McConaughey has been shot on the phone, you say, mm-hmm. you hear him talking to his wife, and then he says, who's there with you? It almost yeah. makes you think, like, she's cheating on him. Right. You know? Uh, and then that that leads us into the scene that I actually, the one thing in the movie that I did not like, and we're going to get to that in just a second. Yeah. Andrew, what's your five-word review? Before we get to it, um, we're talking about the actors, that is probably one actor that could have been switched out, and that was... Uh, Rosalind, his his wife. Okay. I feel like that could have been played by. I mean, she wasn't bad, but you know, I think it could have been switched out for any any other person, and it would have been the same. You know, they really should. Uh, have, here, here's my vote, but that's just because I want her in all things. Is uh, Rebecca Ferguson? Oh, yeah. She would have been. Yeah, yeah. she could have played that. She really would well. have been great in that but now, she's originally it was supposed to be kate beckinsale and i actually can't see that i think michelle dockery did a better job and it was a better yeah. match for matthew mcconaughey than kate beckinsale would have been yeah. yeah yeah she's too busy like i think she's been kind of sullied by the underworld series like i can only see her in like leather shooting machine guns at the floor and things like that but that's okay okay so i had two five word reviews um the best of Guy Ritchie. Okay. There's one or that I have seen. That you've seen. You've not seen Snatch yet. <laughs> yeah. you'll, you'll love Snatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then perfectly funny, witty, slow burn. Okay. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, I do like yeah. that. Like and that I agree with Sam and and you have said this already that it's it's just rewatchable. And there's not many movies that we watch for the show that I immediately do want to just turn it back on and watch it again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The fact that the runtime is almost two full hours is kind of, you know, kind of puts a damper on that, but not really. Um, it's still worth the time, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it does, like you said, it just keeps you on your toes, keeps you on your the edge of your seat and keeps you guessing and questioning and wondering what's going to happen and, Yeah, Uh, I think that, and it's already been mentioned, but I'm going to say it again. I think this is Hugh Grant's best role. Um, I haven't seen him in too many things that I've actually liked him in. Mm -hmm. Uh, But this one, he was perfect, and I think he did a great job. And and he carried what you know. Well, it's supposed to be the the backbone of the story. The conversation Mm -hmm. between these two over the course of a night. It's like this could have been so boring. This could have been yeah. the worst way to tell this story if it wasn't for the fact that Hugh Grant just just embo- just embraced the role and was like, all right, this is who I am. I'm a terrible person <laughs> and I'm here to bribe some some bad guys. So yeah. Yeah, he he yeah. just chews up the scenery, which is great because in comparison, because Charlie Hunman is just stoic and quiet and just yeah. mm-hmm. he's just there to hear the story. He is us. 
right? He is, yeah. you know, yeah. the us, the audience in this thing. And so Guy Ritchie likes to do this, right? He's done this in other films, right? Where, where someone's telling a story and then we get to mm-hmm. see the story. So he did it, I think, really, really well in the uh, Arthur Legend of the Sword movie. I love it when they're talking about all of the things that they're talking about at the beginning of the movie. And we get, you know, these quick flashbacks where they're talking to the, they're talking to the Vikings and then they're talking to flat nose Mike. And then they're talking to George. Like they're all over the place. Right. And this movie just does that for 90% of the movie. Like that's the movie is the storytelling archetype. And I love it. I love that. Which brings me to my fiber review of smart British gangster story time. Because that's what this is. I mean, mm-hmm. Andrew knows me long enough to know I like a good story. I like to tell a good story. And yeah. and that's what this movie is. This is, movie is just telling a story. And I love that you guys are 100% right. I love that Hugh Grant is just, he wants to tell the story the way he wants to tell the story. And like, when we get to the lip reading part, he goes, don't, you know, bring some energy <laughs> to it. Don't be flat, right? Don't be so wooden. Like, like he's treating it like a movie. I I yeah. love it. And then of course the movie at the end kind of breaks the fourth wall a little bit by they go into he goes to the Miramax Studios and there's mm-hmm. the man from Uncle sign on the back that the movie that he was in. <laughs> yeah. Uh Hugh Grant. <laughs> so there's a little bit of a fourth wall break, but I didn't care. It made me laugh. Like out loud, mm-hmm. I was laughing. I was dying. So I I was that I enjoyed that. I really did. Yeah. And I liked his character because it's like, okay, here's a guy who chose a path and is looked down on by most of the people he knows because he is, a, you know, sleaze reporter, basically. And he's not a good guy. So he's like, okay, I'm going to, this is my, this is my one chance to make it big. Like I have this information I can get, like, this is my last chance to make a lot of money and, you know, retire comfortably. But at the same time, He'd be he would be just as happy if Charlie Hunnam was like, you know what? Why don't you be a member of our gang? Because that's what he wants. Like you can tell is like, can we just be friends all or more than friends even? It's like, I would love to just hang out with you guys too, but I gotta oh. bribe you. Because nice. you won't hang out with me. So I, I enjoyed how well he portrayed every little aspect of that. Yeah. Yeah. You know who else I liked in this was um Eddie Marzen or Marzan, yeah. however you want to say his last name. Oh, the, yeah. the editor of the the little tabloid. <laughs> um, this the whole scene with the pig, <laughs> like <laughs> that's a perfect scene. And I love the reaction of uh, Ray as he's like showing him, and he's oh, like, yeah. no, 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 that's enough. I don't want to see that. Yeah. Um, that's just a really funny little bit there because, and they don't have to spell it out for you. You're just like, you understand what has happened yeah. and, or at least what they want you to think has happened. And, and he, and he, he shows really well too the, the two phase side of everybody in this, because he's at the fancy dinner when he gets the insult from Matthew McConaughey, you know, rubbing elbows with high society or, or the decline of high society. But then he's in his office and just uh, being just as sleazy as Hugh Grant is and like celebrating, trying to bring this, you know, bring everybody down and use Pressfield's daughter against him and all this stuff. It's like, okay, you're, you're just as big a scumbag as everybody else in this movie. 
but you put you look good in a suit. Yeah, yeah. So, you do it with words instead of guns or whatever. Yep. Yeah. When in that scene where he's at the the party and uh, McConaughey, you know, uh, or he reaches his hand to shake McConaughey's hand, has that ever happened to you guys? Because I was so anxious during that scene <laughs> because that has happened to me before. I've like reached out my hand to shake somebody's hand or, uh, you know, fist bump somebody or, or mm-hmm. something and they don't respond at all either because they don't see me or maybe, they, maybe I think they do see me and they don't care to do it. And I'm like, okay, this is awkward. Yeah. There's I mean, nothing more awkward to me than that. I think we've all had the, they didn't see the high five or the fist bump or whatever. Like, I think that's happened. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've ever had, an intentional not shake my hand thing yeah. where like we're looking in the eye and I reach my hand out and he intentionally doesn't. Uh, yeah. Actually, I, I take so, that back. There are actually, you know what? There is one time I'll have to tell it off air. Sorry. <laughs> I, have to, <laughs> I have to tell it off air. I think it's I did a, it unintentionally I have some- to somebody one time. Like I was in my early twenties and, I was just wiped out, heading heading home from the bar to go go get sleep for school the next day, and they was like, "Oh, hey, you want to have a beer?" I'm like, "Oh, no, I'm good." And like, they never talked to me again. <laughs> like, okay, I'm sorry, I was exhausted, but that was not a snub. I, I think I have some childhood trauma that makes this really anxious for me, and that is um, when I was playing little league baseball, and my pastor. I saw the the preacher from our church was at the ball field, right? And you know how you are when you're a kid and you see somebody you know, you immediately want to run run up and say hey to them or shake their hand or hug them or five five or whatever. And so I see him from down the sidewalk, game's over. Get, or actually, I think I'm just getting there. And I'm running up and I'm like, got my arms spread out wide and I'm going to give this guy a hug. And he grabs my hands, like grabs my wrists so that I don't hug him. Uh, he, he did an Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did. And I think <laughs> thinking back now, he was wearing a white shirt and I was a baseball player that probably had been in dirt and stuff. And he probably just didn't want to get dirty. Yeah. Um, but that has always stuck with me. Like this person that I am used to patting on the back or shaking a hand or high five or whatever. Didn't accept my, gesture of whatever you know i don't know it just kind of bothers me till still to this day Obviously. god rest his soul he's dead okay <laughs> well speaking <laughs> Sorry, of i didn't mean to bring that up no no but speaking of bother so i i do want to bring this up this movie does a thing that i wish movies would stop doing no there wasn't feedback at a microphone uh there was a microphone but dry eye is a bad guy and we know this because one, he comes in and tries to, you know, buy out Matthew McConaughey and he, he threatens him. And we have that cool scene where, you know, Matthew McConaughey shoots him in the face 38 times with a gun or whatever. And then Charlie Hunnam goes, that's not how this works. <laughs> and then you get the actual thing of what happens, right? Was it because he was using a Samsung? Well, yeah. I think no one's using an iPhone in this movie, though. That's, I don't think anyone had an iPhone. I don't think so. But. We also know that he's a bad guy because he shows up like he, you know, later we see him shoot George who, you know, is also a bad guy, but you know, he shot George and we like George or we like George from King Arthur. 
But then we have to really show that he's a bad guy when he goes and, and, you know, kind of he's there to bother McConaughey's wife. And she uses that gun that had that weird sound and shot that. I mean, that guy got shot in the noggin and he didn't know he was dead for about, you know, 20 seconds. You know, like he touched his forehead, saw the blood and then died. And then she shot the other henchman. Well, then she's out of bullets. And so Dry Eye gets the better of her and does what every bad guy does in these movies and yeah. he has to bend her over the table to rape her. And uh-huh. I'm kind of tired of that in movies. Again, we know he's a bad guy. We don't need to see that. Now, thankfully, McConaughey shows up and shoots him in the face six times and you know it doesn't go any farther. But uh-huh. it's just one of those things where it's like, okay, you know, Guy Ritchie, like, I know bad guys do bad things, but we don't have to have this moment. We could have, it could have been. Yeah. Yeah. He, they needed something there to, to give him time to give McConaughey time to get in the room. Yeah. So they needed some sort of action, but it didn't have to be that. Yeah. No, it really didn't have to be. And especially because Henry Golding is such a good performer, his performance in the movie, just that scene alone, when he doesn't believe that she's going to shoot. And like, as soon as she pulls the trigger, he is freaking out. Yeah. He's yeah. like, oh, oh, okay. And like, okay, I am going to leave. And it's like, man, there could have been something different there. It could have just been a fight. And I feel like that was a little out of character for his character. Yes. I mean, you you don't, there's nothing that is seen that kind of, uh, what's the word that, um, adver- not advertised. Uh, Fortells you know, or. Uh, Fortell, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, there's nothing that does that ahead of time, and you it just kind of catches you off guard too. Yeah. yeah, he's he's a suave debonair. I mean, he's described as James Bond. It's like right. no, this is not. This is out of character for him. Yeah, and it could have been better. I mean, I would have been happy if it had been a fight, and then it just basically ended with a departed style, like out of nowhere, blam, as Matthew mm-hmm. McConaughey walks in the room and doesn't even hesitate. Like something, it it didn't have to be an attempted rape. Yeah. And, you know, on the flip side, I know that this happens. I know that that is a real thing. Uh, And I don't know if that's a director choice to to just prove that this guy is really bad or if that's a director choice to say, hey, this kind of happens in real life and we're bringing attention to it. I don't know what the choice was necessarily, but I still think it could have been something else because it wasn't fitting of the character and – we don't need it, like you said. And yeah. they they'd established enough that um, she was Matthew McConaughey's queen. She yeah. she was the obsession and the love of his life. Like yeah. he didn't need that kind of drive to just immediately shoot the guy dead. It's like just the fact that he was there in her office had earned him a death sentence by Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. Because of his his love for her, so it it reminded me of uh, the season, I think it's season one of the of Daredevil when yep. the uh, one of the Russian cab driver you know gang dudes comes and in, interrupts their dinner, like he's just having dinner with uh, uh, his would would be wife, and Kingpin didn't like that, <laughs> so yeah, uh, yeah. Andrew, you're making faces. What, what's... <laughs> I know, I, I know why Andrew's making that face. You're close. You're close. 
Oh, you're in the right neighborhood. Oh, okay. Tracksuit Mafia. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Tracksuit Mafia. That's from. Um, oh, there. You just gave me the thing. It's from Hawkeye. There you go. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure it was Ricky right there, Andrew. <laughs> like, oh, oh, he's close. You're giving me yeah, that no, face. I was, like, I was wondering if he was going to be like, oh, wait. But, yeah. <laughs> no, because your your face was was telling me. I, for me, I was picking up like, oh, am I allowed? I can spoil Daredevil, right? That show's been out like six years now. I can I can talk about what happens to the cab driver, right? Like, yeah. do we? we it's on a different streaming service now. Yeah, like we don't yeah. we don't care that that. Because that's the guy he kills with a car door, right? He bashes right, his so, head in yeah. with a car door because he interrupted his dinner. Like, <laughs> that's... Yeah. Uh, so you're right, to the point... All right, so anyway, we're going to move past this. I just That's honestly the only thing in the entire movie that I didn't love. Everything else, I was having a great time. But when he pushed her over the desk, I literally rolled my eyes and I just kind of looked over at my wife and we just kind of shrugged. Uh, she she turned away. She couldn't watch that stuff. She she can't watch that stuff at all. Um, but you know, you mentioned that we that he's already shown that that's his queen, and that he cares enough about her. However, as you were talking, I just remembered he gives him that little bit of grace earlier, and yeah. so maybe we did need something else to push him because this time he might have let him go again. I don't know. I don't think if so. I think if he walks in, if like, like say in, instead of the, the attempted rape, let's say that he beats her up a little bit and he's, you know, standing over her in a position where he's going to potentially kill her or hurt her or whatever. Just yeah. the fact that one, he roughed her up, I think is enough for McConaughey to, to, you know, blow him away. I really do. I think so too. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Anyway, moving past that fun topic, uh, this movie also once again uh, falls into the category of I didn't take a lot of notes because <laughs> one, the dialogue is very fast. It's also very British, so I had to I had a hard time sometimes understanding. I should have put subtitles on, but I, I didn't. But uh, oh, so my first note was I love the interjection of the film. So the movie starts. Like, like in a regular 16 by nine format. And then he says, Mm -hmm. no, it's like film, like anamorphic film. I want to see the grain and the movie cuts to a grain and then it cuts into a, like a four by three. And then it widens back out to 16, 16 by 10 format. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so clever. I Mm -hmm. loved every part of that because I mean, as a guy that worked in film, and I've actually worked on a movie that shot in film. Like I really appreciated that. So I loved all of that stuff. I really did. It just cracked me up. And then let's see. I la- I also wrote that was that was one of my two. Like oh, here's this shout out to Tarantino. Like this mm-hmm. is a very Quentin Tarantino little sequence here. I thought the same thing. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I wrote also. Ha ha. They made a music video and then robbed him. <laughs> and did you see the music video play it in the credits did you watch that far no i yeah. didn't oh yeah so they you can the you can watch the whole vi- the music video yeah oh i should have done that uh and that's it uh i mean literally my, my next note was i know dry eye is a bad guy but we didn't have to have that scene and then my last yeah. note was haha they broke the fourth wall 
that's all my notes <laughs> on this movie. Yeah. It was just such a good time. And I captured a lot of clips. And yeah. Are we ready to do clips? Anything else we want to talk about? I've, I liked my other, my other Tarantino shout out moment was I liked how they completely kept that he, he gave Charlie Hunnam his Jules and Vincent in the apartment with the with the burger scene when they go in to, to get uh, Laura Pressfield out of the apartment. And Aslan just keeps stepping on Charlie Hunnam, Hunnam's badassery. He's like, oh, no, I'm I'm trying to be intimidating. I'm here. I'm here to lay down the law, tell you what's what. This little Russian kid won't shut up and stop interrupting me. <laughs> oh, man. And the look, the look that the uh, the big Bunny. black guy. Yeah. Bunny. Bunny, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the look that he gives him when he's like, yeah, I mind. Yeah, <laughs> it just shuts him down. <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed that because it's like, okay, this is what would. It's like, yeah, just got a bunch of people mouthing off. It's like, no, I'm trying to. We're we're gangsters. We're trying to be tough here and intimidate you. Like, <laughs> be scared, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I so I'm not a Tarantino connoisseur. I think mm-hmm. I've seen like four of his movies, three, three or four of his movies. Uh, um none of them I really love. Like I like a couple of them, but there's none that mm-hmm. I love. So hearing you say that, that that's like a Tarantino thing. Like I, I can totally f- feel it now, but I didn't pick up on it in the moment. So I, now I want to go back and watch it with the Tarantino lens on uh-huh. to like really appreciate it. So uh, I'll yeah. definitely do that again. I can't wait to watch this movie again. Like I seriously, I went back and scrolled through our last our movies, right? So last week, uh, Men in Black, good time. I'm good. I don't need yep. to watch it anytime soon. Joker, I don't want to watch that movie ever again. And again, we said it in the show. It's not because it's a bad movie. I think it is a fantastic movie. I just don't want to be depressed. Yeah. Um, Clueless. That's a good time anytime. That's yeah. a good time. I'm fine with it. Whatever. The Wrestler, never want to see again. We got to go all the way back to my favorite film of all time, Serenity, before I find a movie where I really just want to sit down and watch it again. Yeah. And if you guys said, hey, can can we stop the podcast and go watch Serenity, like live stream it, I probably would be willing to do that because it's, again, favorite movie. And then you got to yeah. go back. And the Gray Man, yeah, sure. Well, I could watch that again, but or not. Edward Scissorhands, I'm good. The Quick and the nope. Dead, good. Cowboys and Aliens, no. The Accountant, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got to go back a ways before I see a movie where I'm like, oh, I really want to watch um, hmm. The King's Man, right. no. Uh, the Princess Bride, we got to go all the way back to The Princess Bride before I find a movie wow. where I'm like, I really want to watch it again, you know? Yeah, I'm it's okay weeping without that one. Yeah, I know. You still get grief for that, Andrew. It's pretty fun. I know I do. I do. Uh, I, see I, the could, I could take that or leave it. I mean, honestly, if you said, do you want to watch Princess Bride or The Gentleman? I'm like, ah, let's watch The Gentleman. Or I've yeah. seen The Princess Bride my whole life. You know, it's one of those, like, yeah. I can, I know that movie. I don't need to pop it in and watch it. That's there's There, there is that. That's true. Um, I've only seen it like two times all the way through. So if you, nope. if you gave me an option for either one, it depends on the audience, right? If my kids yeah, are nearby, then yeah, we'll watch Princess Bride. But if it's a couple, you know, if it's us, I might say, well, let's watch The Gentleman again. Yeah. And I'll put subtitles on so I can understand what they're saying. <laughs> and absolutely, subtitles definitely help. I, like we talked about earlier, the coach, 
I wished the coach had been more of a main character. Um, I think, you know, Lockstock is just about four regular guys trying to score a little score. Snatch, mm-hmm. same thing. Regular, regular people. There's a little bit of hint at dealing with richer gangsters there. Rock and roll at first is his first step into like, okay, now we're dealing with wealthy people and their failed children and, and rubbing elbows with the gangster world. This one is just full on millionaires and billionaires being part of kind of being gangsters, but also um, it's like, yeah, got to keep it on the streets a little bit. Right. Like I enjoyed how it, how it, you know, kind of pilloried the, the, the lords and ladies class in, in England, how it's like talked about the decline of them and, and how it's just like, yeah, they've got these big houses. They present these big lives, but they don't have the big money anymore. But I liked, I wish coach had been a little more of a central character. Yeah. And I hope that I'd like, like we we're saying, I hope the series focuses more on him. Yeah. That would be kind of neat. Just, uh, yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know what 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 the what the show would be about. Is it going to be like their their adventures helping out? You know, Michael's character or or what? I don't know. I'm here yeah. for it. Yeah. Uh, either way, I'm here for it. But yeah, I you're not wrong. He he's. I mean, to, it's also the fact that Colin Farrell is at the part in his career where he can say, "Yeah, I'll be in a movie where I'm only in it for six scenes." Yeah. Yeah, but they're going to be the six best scenes because I'm yeah. in it, <laughs> right. and uh, and he's at the point where he can play an old man, like not old, but like he's supposed to be older. Yeah, here, yeah. experienced, uh, and he's okay with that. Yeah, but he could still play a younger guy if he wanted to. Sure, but he's okay with yeah, or you know the penguin, incredibly, yeah. convincingly, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's uh, not like anything like him. No. He's eight years older. Eight? Does that math work? Four, six. Uh, <laughs> math is. He's six years older than me. Okay. He's only six really? years. Yeah, he's forty-six. Hmm. Wow. So, I think maybe they made him look a little bit older in this movie. Than yeah, he, I think yeah. they tried to put him into his fifties a little bit. Yeah, I'm, that math is right. Nineteen seventy-six, right? Yeah, he's forty-six. Oh, yeah. He's, He's 46. I thought he was older. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, I yeah. guess they did. I would guess he was closer to 50. Yeah. Or at 50. Yeah. So. So inadvertently, I called you old, and I'm sorry. No, that's, I am old. It's fine. Actually, no, I'm not. And it's fine. Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm your age, and I'm not old. So. Uh, Matthew McConaughey, he, yeah, he was born in 69. So he's, he, he is, he's kind of getting. Getting up there a little bit. Charlie Hunman, how yeah. old is he? I'm just curious. Oh, he's in his He's young. He's oh, he's two years he's two years older than I am, so he's forty two. He is? Yeah. I thought he was in his late thirties. Yeah. Dang. I thought he was I thought he was younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> he well wow. he faced Charlie Hunnam over there. Man. He play he okay. looks young. He's just he's in great shape. I mean I don't know. I mean, honestly, he's the best part of that bad Pacific Rim movie. I know I said it. I don't I don't think Pacific Rim's all that great, but he's he's my know. favorite part of that movie. And, and of course, again, I I like King Arthur, so yeah. more of that, please. All right. And I liked I liked a good chunk of Sons of Anarchy, but honestly, he was like the least least 
engaging character on that whole show and he was the main character but all the side characters saved it but he's definitely better in this kind of role all right well we got once again go ahead ahead, ahead. i was just gonna say i kind of think of pacific rim like how a dog thinks about eating its turds once in a while like okay one of them might be tasty-ish enough to to down i think yeah is how a dog looks at it sorry i just had to throw that in there you're fine yeah i appreciate you doing that so like I said, Matthew McConaughey, born in 69. His wife was born in 81. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So typical movie movie relationship age yeah. difference. I mean, you know, 12, 13 years, whatever that is. I mean, that's not the most egregious we've seen. But the, the way the movie portrayed both of them, they looked pretty close in age. I don't know if they, uh-huh. if they aged her a little bit or they yeah. de-aged McConaughey a little bit, but... You know, I didn't notice it at all in the movie. And again, I didn't know that until I looked at her IMDb page. I mean, she's a year older than me. So uh-huh. anyway. Yeah, she's the uh, same age as me. So that's how close her birthdays are. Uh, all right. Are we, are we ready for some uh, some clips? Yeah. Yes. Because I got a few. All right. Here we go. Uh, number one. Oh, well, thank God you're not greedy, Fletcher, you deluded, shit-eating cunt. I quite like it when you talk dirty to me. I can feel myself engorging. And whenever drink with me, it's really yummy. I guess I should have, uh, I'm going to say this. They use the C word a lot in this movie. Some of the clips have the C word. I'm going to say the C word. I don't like that word. I don't know. I'm not going to bleep it out because it's technically not an explicit, expletive word, explicit mm-hmm. word. But if that word offends you, you might want to skip ahead a couple minutes. I'm Can just, I ask a question? Because I, I really need somebody to explain this to me. Yeah. Why Why is cunt okay for the Brits to say, but in America, it's frowned upon? I don't know. We, I don't we know either. We say like, bloody all we want and they're like whoa whoa yeah so that's true. i mean i think it's just the trade-off we get but you know oh uh, we can and, say tabernacle yeah we learned that yeah last <laughs> week tabernacle is a, a canadian swear word really yeah but we're not saying it right it, you have to be more guttural right it was the yeah, tabernacle yeah, you gotta say it you gotta say it with a french yeah. oh tabernacle you know like you uh <laughs> like you stubbed your toe or something it's a swear word but yeah. I don't. We don't know what it means, and I don't think it, anyone's going to be offended if I don't bleep that out. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah just, and and people who, if you man, you've probably already watched the movie if you're listening to this. But there are, there are some racist comments in the movie. There are some anti-Semitic comments in the movie. It is a Guy Ritchie movie. You know, doesn't excuse, but it is the characters, and obviously, there's a lot of swearing in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Sherlock Holmes are the only two. Uh, and Men from <laughs> Uncle, I think, are the only non-rated R movies that he's done. I think so. Yeah. Oh, but and, and King Arthur. King Arthur's not rated R either. It's PG thirteen. Oh, so he okay. had a he had a little string there. Uh so we I know we do have some listeners that listen to the show regardless and and may not watch the movie. A uh, good good friend of the show and listener, dear listener Rosie. Uh, I will sometimes give her a heads up. Basically, if my wife likes it, then she'll watch it. If my wife doesn't like it, she won't watch it because they have very similar taste in films. 
Okay. So we got about two thirds of the way through the movie, and I sent. I just looked over at my wife and I said, "Should I just go ahead and tell Rosie?" And she's like, "Yeah." So I just messaged Rosie, "You will not enjoy this movie," and she says, "Thanks for the heads up." So Rosie, if you're listening to this episode, I appreciate it. If you don't like that word, it's going to come up again in a little bit. Okay, so just want to give you a heads up. This is your mean it in the British sense. Yeah, well, John kind of mentioned a little bit of racist talk. I captured it because it was funny, and I I actually really like the way that it's explained in the movie. And in the context of the movie, I think it's okay. Um, I guess we'll see what happens. All right. Uh, here are words for marijuana I have never heard before. Weed. Bush. Skunkamola. White Widow Super Cheese. <laughs> it's the new gold rush. Outside of weed, I have never heard any of those words used for marijuana. Yeah. I mean, I've heard the word skunk associated with it before, but it's usually followed by the word weed. Yeah. yeah. Skunk weed. Yeah. But skunk Skunk as both good and bad. It's like, okay, which is yeah. it? Yeah. But yeah, they, they just kept calling it Bush here. I'm like, I've never ever heard that that was actually the the working title of the film was going to be yeah. called bush which i think and i think it's the screenplay that he it is raymond yeah Mundo. i think they would have confused this movie as a bi- biopic on the band bush i'm glad they chose not to uh we mentioned this earlier that is a useful bit of plant then isn't it so that heats up your knees and cooks at the same time <laughs> you've got to show me how to get one of them well, you can take it with you if you f*** off now. Ray, is there any chance of a steak? <laughs> uh, and then he goes and gets that Wego beef. And then my only issue was, is that that piece of beef he has is so thinly cut that uh-huh. when he cuts into it, He's like, how, like, what, like, what temperature? It's like the top half or the bottom half. Yes. It's like, it's so thin. How can you, like, it looks like, uh, like roast beef you just grilled. I mean, it was so thin. It's like a a flank steak or something really thin. Yeah. Also, it's wake you beef in the freezer. So, like, okay, all the jokes Americans make about British cooking, like, yeah, you guys are just reinforcing our stereotypes about you here. Cooking frozen wagyu beef right under the grill. (laughs) I've never had wagyu beef. Is it, what is it? It's just extra, like really well marbled fat, and it's supposed uh, to be very tasty. Isn't and tender? Isn't yeah. the wagyu beef? Isn't that the? Isn't that the beef where like the cow never touches the ground, or is that Kobe beef? I can't remember. I see. I can't I, remember. My, I'm a steak guy, but I can't remember. There's there's one where like literally it's in Japan, where the beef like the cow is born and never touches the ground. Literally, it's it's put in like a holster and fed and whatever. And the reason why they don't let it touch the ground is because they don't want the muscles to have to be used. Yeah. So like the, the meat is more tender if you don't use your muscles. And so it grows up having never touched the ground. It's very uh, PETA non-friendly, right? People, yeah, it's like the foie gras version of beef. Yeah, it's and, very yeah. Un, un, unhumane as much as you can be humane with a cow. I can't remember which one it is. It's either Kobe or the Wagyu. I can't remember. If you're a fan of one of those, let me know. I don't remember. Or Andrew can look it up. Yeah, I'm uh, looking it up. It says uh, Wagyu beef has increased in fat percentage due to the decrease in grazing and increase in using feed resilience. 
Uh, sorry, that doesn't answer the question. I think I, I it think it's say. Wagyu though. Yeah, I think Kobe is more like organic, grass-fed marketing. Yeah, it could be marketing. Honestly, mo- most I think Kobe is more marketing than anything. honestly. Every time I hear Kobe beef, I always remember it was an episode of How I Met Your Mother when John Cho is trying to woo Marshall to come join the firm. And he takes him to this place. He goes, you ever had Kobe beef? And he goes, isn't that like the most expensive beef in the world? He goes, yeah. Well, this place has lobster fed Kobe beef. And so they, they're like, (laughs) it shows them later. Like he's got like the lobster apron on and you see this lobster. It's been opened up. He goes, how was your lobster? He goes, man, you could really taste the beef in that lobster. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, all right. Time for some gangsters. I'm sure you're all roared, man. Gangsters, proper naughty boys, and all that bollocks. But I come in peace. I'm not trying to steal it. I'm trying to buy it. For good money. Honest money. Yeah. And then they don't believe him, and he pulls out the submachine gun, fires off some rounds, and here we go. I love that sequence because it ends with what I think is one of the funniest things you can ever do on film. Just having somebody eat it off their bicycle. (laughs) Every time I see it in a movie, I love it. And and especially when you combine it with, he just doors the guy off his bike and the chase like, all right, I love it. Well, it's funny because the clan playing in the background. Yeah. It's just, just a very rewatchable chase sequence. And it's like the kids are like laughing at these guys. Like, you know, you can't catch up because you're old. Right. And then, yeah, (laughs) he just pours him. (laughs) Yeah. It's pretty great. All right. I'm going to play this clip because I thought it's really funny. If this offends you, I'm sorry, but I thought this was funny. So again, if you don't like the C word, skip ahead 30 seconds. Just hit that skip button twice. Okay, here we go. What are you doing? Why aren't you training your black cunt? I'm on my own, eh? Did you just call me a black cunt? Yes, he did. You can't do that. That's racist. But you are black and you are the cunt, Ernie. Those are the facts. I don't think Primetime cares what race you're running. The fact that I'm black has nothing to do with the fact I'm a cunt. He didn't say black people were cunts, Ernie. He was being specific to you. One has nothing to do with the other. And I'd go a step further, if I'm not mistaken, and say it was a term of familiar affection. Primetime's a gypsy. I won't call him a pikey cunt. Why not? He might be very understanding. Only if it comes from a place of love, of course. Now, back to the issue at hand. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. That's funny. That cracks Uh me up. Guy Ritchie is really good at skating that line of like, hey, you can really piss a lot of people off. But it's like, wait, you're also kind of making a great point of just normal day-to-day conversation. Like, damn it, Guy Ritchie. (laughs) Right. Now, that I didn't find as offensive as I did find... Uh, Hugh Grant's yeah when he was t- when he was talking about uh, uh, dry, dry eye. eye yeah and he was using some of the uh, accents of you know the Asian or I guess he's Chinese so he was using what he would consider Chinese accents and on different words yeah so I don't know that w- that but was that bothered me a little bit more than the conversation I, you displayed I think that's also to, again to highlight the fact that his character is a horrible person. Yeah, just yeah, a sleaze, yeah. and and so it 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 works really well. Those two conversations, like, oh, I really like these guys, and it's like, yeah, they're just having an open and honest conversation about language, whereas he's just 
saying racist things because yeah. he thinks it's funny. I, yeah. I also just love that Colin Farrell says, um, I don't, th- he doesn't care what race you run in. Like, <laughs> like, like using the word race almost incorrectly. Like he says, you can't yeah. say that that's racist. He does. He doesn't care what race you run in. Like, I know what he's saying, but just the way he said it made it sound like, like a race, like a marathon. It just it is funny. All right. I like that line. Again, if that offends you, I'm sorry, I guess. All right. This was a funny thing to say. Left unattended, you will shit yourself to death before the sun to the set. I suggest taking two of these fizzy biscuits. Fizzy biscuits. Is that a thing? I've never heard. I guess we can't say Alka-Seltzer, but fizzy biscuits. I like that. And it was good to see, like, oh, yeah, that's right. He was a botanist. He was a botany major. Yeah. he, He definitely would have that kind of stuff at his beck and call. Oh my gosh, when that projectile vomit came out, I was yeah. not <laughs> I was not ready for that scene. Like I almost cuz I think I was probably sipping on my Arnold Palmer here and I about to spit take. I mean, that it was shocking. Well, yeah. and especially because it's like, oh, this is a ridiculous obviously fake projectile vomit yeah. that then turns into a very intense speech by Matthew McConaughey. It's like, yeah. how is this still so intimidating? Yeah, because like, it's... keeps spraying puke. Yeah, because, again, that kind of feels like, honestly, it kind of feels like a Tarantino thing now, now that we've kind of established that. Like, that kind of feels like something he would do, like, in Kill Bill or something, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's a little over the top and we're okay with it because the whole movie is established as a little over the top with its own wire work and, you know, spraying blood with the katanas and stuff. So, like, when it happened in this movie, it was a little shocking, but... You're right. It's still an intense scene. I mean, you kind of... I'm being attacked by a gnat. <laughs> Gracious. Uh, you know, it's an intense scene, so... Yeah. And and again, it highlights, like, when they're saying, oh, he wants out of the business because he wants to spend more time with his wife, it's like, the only time he kills. He, they can threaten his business, they can rob him, they can make give him, cause him $100 million worth of slowdown in his business... He's not going to kill somebody for that. Yeah. But when they threaten his wife, he's like, okay. And because uh-huh. she told him, you know, he, he, they had the conversation where she said, you have people for this. Don't get your hands dirty. And he doesn't until it's her. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, this clip is labeled octopus. Lord George didn't come through it. Didn't come through it. Last thing you need to do is attract any octopus. Octopus. What does that mean? It's not a very good translation. No, there's nothing wrong with the translation. Matthew's not that fluent, and it's Cantonese. Just go with it and fill in the blanks. And action. (laughs) (laughs) That just cracked me. (laughs) That was an interesting exchange, too. Yeah, I I loved all of it. Uh, This also made me laugh out loud. Sorry, boss. I'm only a blue belt. Especially because then, yeah, Eddie Marzon immediately starts to just be like, you know who I am? Yeah. And just like immediately as soon as his guy gets in the car, he's like, no, please, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, last clip I have. It's a tad dramatic, isn't it? Corpses and freezers. Who is this man? What's he got to do with anything that I'm talking about? And I take it with that statement, you are in denial of so said relationship with this frozen Chinaman? Well, of course I'm in denial of it. I don't have relationships with dead frozen Chinamen. <laughs> just 
Just such a calm conversation about this dead, frozen Chinaman. I, I liked it. Yeah, uh-huh. I liked Jeremy Strong. We haven't talked about him a lot, um, but I, I like his character and, and the uh-huh. you thinking the whole time like, oh, here's this guy pulling the strings while off to the side. There's somebody not related to this at all, pulling even more strings. Yeah, yeah. his character to me was a little forgettable. As far and, and I don't know if that's just because he didn't have as much screen time as the rest. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did in some ways, but I don't know. It was a little forgettable for me. He never got a moment to shine. He never got his yeah. a spotlight moment. Yeah. Dad. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I I um I didn't know what he was from. Like I don't know him very well. So mm-hmm. he's in he's also in Molly's game, which is an Aaron Sorkin thing, but we which we were we were supposed to do for the podcast, but things happened. Uh, he's in The Good Wife. He's in Zero Dark Thirty, but I don't remember him in that. I don't remember him from that. Yeah. Uh, he's also in he's in The Happening, Private Oster. No, no, no idea. He's also in uh but recently he was in uh the trial of the Chicago Seven as Jerry Rubin. So he has like a big beard. He's the guy, I think he's the guy what gets kind of entrapped by the female cop. Hmm. I think that's him, right? Yeah, he's also in Succession, the show. I haven't, I haven't watched that. Yeah, I haven't watched that either. But I, I I got confused for a second because he's in Serenity, but not our Serenity. He's in that (laughs) Matthew McConaughey really bad thing Serenity came out a couple years ago. So anyway, it's time for our game, and our game this week is sponsored by. And now for some more bad news. Ready? All right. This is the game called Wait. Did you notice? No. Hey, uh, did you notice? Sorry. I, I, I wasn't. I hadn't. I didn't have my script pulled up yet. Hey, did you notice? This is a game where Andrew takes funny things from the show, the movie, not trivia, but just stuff that he noticed in the movie. And we're going to do kind of a round robin back and forth. Best out of five wins. Yeah. Uh, if John goes first, if he gets it right, great. He gets the point. If he doesn't, I have a chance to steal. Take it away, Andrew. All right. So, John, here's your first question. Where was Michael going to take his wife for their date night? He said, it's date night. I want to take you to the River Cafe. Very good. Yeah. River Cafe. Nice. I did not know that at all. So. (laughs) All right, Sean, this is your question. A specific model of Land Rover is used in this film several times. What is that model of Land Rover? Uh, no, the 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 GX7. I don't know any of the Land Rover models at all. It's a brand I just don't know. All right, John, uh, do you know? Oh, the only one I know is the Evoque, and I don't think it was the Evoque. Yeah, I didn't know this either. I just happened to see it plastered on the front of the vehicle. It's called the Defender. Ah, that's a cool name for a for a car. Yeah. Land Rover Defender. Uh, all right, back to John. As we are introduced to Dry Eye, we see him inspecting shipping containers. The first one contains smuggled immigrants that are uh, uh and the other, sorry, contains uh rims for cars. What is the shipping container number? Oh, that God. the rims are are in. <laughs> 
420. <laughs> All right, Sean. 17. He says, uh, after he sees the immigrants, he says, All right, let's go look at container number 432. Wow. And that's where the rim You were close the, with 420. Yeah, wow. you were close. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Sean. What is the name of the restaurant where the coach whips up on these four teenage hooligans? Oh, gosh. Oh, it's like a sandwich shop or something. Um, I don't know. Forsyth Falcon Sandwich Shop. No, Four, <laughs> four Bush, right? Four Bush? What's your shirt say? Yeah. Four Bush. Bush. Falcon yeah. Sandwich Shop. No. John, <laughs> the only words I remember that from that are Euro menu at the top of the menu. I'm going to go ahead and give it to No, I'm going to go ahead and give it to you because the name of the cafe is Euro Cafe. Oh, okay. Uh, and it said Euro menu at the top. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All yeah. right. Yeah. So there's two for you. Yeah, he's killing it. All right. And then, uh, John, this is your question. As Fletcher talks to Ray about lip reading, the conversation between Dry Eye and Matthew, he mentions a 1974 classic film starring the Gene Hackman. The conversation. Very good. <laughs> All right. So there we are. That's the game. <laughs> nice. Ding, ding, ding. Congratulations. Sweet. Thank you. Uh, all right. Well, time for this. Uh, what? No, that's not it. This. <laughs> Excuse me while I whip this out. I'm not sure why that's in there. It's in the wrong spot. <laughs> uh, yeah, that should. Uh, what? There we go. I don't even remember what that movie's from because I don't have it labeled as a movie. I just literally, it's just labeled as. What? That's it. All right. <laughs> but if you want more Matthew McConaughey, I have. Rudy! I shot a guy with a flare gun. Cool. There you go. I got that. So. <laughs> uh, anyway, <laughs> time for, yeah, so it's time for our top three. This is where, right? Top three. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our top three is gangster movies. Somehow we haven't done this category, but in fairness, we don't watch a lot of gangster movies. And this isn't kind of a typical gangster movie, but I think it was a good category for it, and therefore I chose it. So gangster movies and... Uh, John, you go. Okay. Uh, coming at number three for me, uh, Denzel Washington starred in a fantastic movie about an American gangster called Training Day. And I think Training Day is my third favorite. Um, The Untouchables I, I, is another movie I can yeah. watch again and again. And hands down my favorite is Layer Cake. Oh, I've not One seen that. One of the finest British gangster movies there is. Okay. All right, cool. All right. I will go next. My number uh, one, or sorry, three is The Departed. Uh, like that movie. That's a movie that I've seen, I think, just twice. It was just one of those movies where like, I watched it, was really kind of in awe of it. I watched it again like a week and a half later, and I'm like, wow, that movie was really good, but now I'm good. You know, yeah, I'm I watched it once, and then I said, yeah, I'm good after that. Yeah. Uh, my number two, going on a little bit of a stretch, but don't really care, is The Dark Knight. Yeah. With all the other... Okay, yeah. It's not really a gangster movie, but it's got gangs in it. I was going to say, like, they are yeah. gangs are the cause of the whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Or, or the mob or, or whatever. Yep. And then my number one is Road to Perdition. Oh. Uh-huh. 
Yeah. And, uh, it's like, funny. We both chose Daniel Craig movies for our number ones. Yeah. Uh, Andrew. Okay. Number three, I went with Rush Hour. Nice. Uh, with the with the triads. Yeah. Um, and then uh, number two, I have Reservoir Dogs. And number one, I have Pulp Fiction. All right. Cool. Yep. All good stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Twitter and Facebook was also pretty active. And let's see. Uh, Open Pike starts off with The Departed, Pulp Fiction, and First Contact, Star Trek First Contact, the holodeck scene. I really appreciate <laughs> Jesse. I saw that he did that, so I didn't have to uh, yeah. do the Star Trek connection. Do I appreciate that? So he and Cam from Green Shirt Podcast have kind of gone back and forth, and they've created this thread that's a lot of fun. He goes, oh, Pulp Fiction, still, I like my picks. And then Jesse says, wait, am I missing that? And then Je- Cam comes back with The Departed, Eastern Promises, and Dick Tracy, because he placed those on Facebook. Uh, oh, Dick Tracy, yeah. Yeah. About that. Yeah. And then they've kind of gone back and forth with some other stuff, and I'm not going to get into it because it's a long conversation. So go to our Twitter page at Cheap Seat Cast, and you can find uh, that conversation. It's actually pretty funny. Uh, also joining us is Game for a Movie Podcast says, not the gentleman for sure. I have to think about it, but the gentleman wasn't my cup of tea. All right. Hmm. No worries. No. Ebony, ebunny 61061 on Twitter, who is going to be our guest next week. Uh, she's in, she has a couple of podcasts we'll talk about says Pulp Fiction, Road to Perdition and Goodfellas. Let's see. The Pagan Productions says City of God. Uh, Wes of Deep Dive Disney says Snatch. And Colleen Crouch at CMGC60 says, does John Wick, the accountant and the hitman count? They're all about criminals, although I would define not define them as gangsters, to which I said, sure, organized crime. It's kind of the same thing. So, yeah, yeah. there. And then Facebook, we had uh, uh, the one that really surprised me, honestly, was my dad chimed in and said, <laughs> I watched it last night. Nice. Um, but watch, but the, watch the gentleman. Yeah. Right. Uh, dad's been in a so dad's been retired for a long time and. Uh, once about three or four years ago, he discovered streaming TV like Amazon Prime and Netflix. So he just he'll watch anything. So he there's a there's a British like it's like the British version of like Law and Order that's been on for like 38 seasons or something like that. He just eats it up. He loves British TV right now. And parents love British TV. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was parents a little adults these days. They're just they can't get enough. British yeah, cop shows. I, I was a little you know surprised. Uh, most of, in fact, most of my Facebook comments were just people saying that they liked the movie. They weren't really participating in the uh, in the top three, uh, whatever. But that's fine. Uh, yeah, that's. I think that's all. A uh, lot, of, lot of fans of Dick Tracy. Uh, it's. Uh, yeah, I'm kind of angry that I forgot about that. One. Uh, and yeah, uh, no, Jesse, it's a at, very divisive movie for some reason, but I love that film. At Jester Nene in E N E also says, "Did someone say Dick Tracy?" So <laughs> yeah, I mean, we reviewed it not yeah, that Jesse, long ago. We did. Yep. Yeah, we we reviewed it not that long ago. So uh, go back and listen to that episode because I think we were all kind of surprised at how much we enjoyed that movie. Again, it kind of holds up, honestly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Excellent period piece. 
Yeah, and it's just a it's just kind of a fun thing, you know. It's just it's just a weird fun comic book deal. Yeah. So, all right, time for this. Wait, what's supposed to happen? This is where we give our score from zero to ten, and I'm gonna let Sam go first because Sam told me that he's gonna give it a rating of seven point eight five. So a pretty good uh, pretty good number there from from Sam. I think he really had a good time with this movie. Uh, Andrew. Well, the IMDb puts it, it right there is Sam. It's at 7.8. I'm going to go a little bit higher and go with an 8.25. All right. I like it. John. I'm going to go with a solid eight. All right. Right on. And I, too, I had such a good time with this. I Honestly, I might put this up a little bit higher than Snatch. I mean, Snatch is really, really good. And maybe mm-hmm. just because I watched this movie just the other day. But I didn't leave Snatch going, oh, I need to watch that again. Yeah. You know, like, I, I again, Snatch is good. And I want to watch the other ones. I need to ro- watch those other ones. But right now, as I sit here, The Gentleman's probably my favorite Guy Ritchie film. I might put it above Sherlock Holmes, and I love Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. And Andrew also knows how much I love that uh, King Arthur movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, legit, yeah. King Arthur is <laughs> one of those it movies I have on my DVR at all times. It's just mm-hmm. there are times where it's like I'm tired. I want to get in bed at ten o'clock. I don't ready, quite ready to go to bed. I don't really want to watch a rerun. I'll just put that movie on and just watch twenty minutes of it, and then I'm ready for sleep. Like that's. Yeah. That movie and the Hitman's Bodyguard are the two movies right now that are just in <laughs> are just so rewatchable for me. Yeah, uh, just I can. I pick would them definitely up. put this above. I think the other Richie films that I've seen. Yeah, I'll have to go yeah. watch Snatch though. Yeah. yeah, well, we'll again. I'm I'm surprised we didn't do it for the podcast. So we'll we'll do it. I, we'll do it for I the would podcast. Gladly come back for all the Guy Ritchie gangster movies if you guys want. Like, yeah, I, I always feel I like because them. they're all very similar, it might be worth doing like a month of Guy Ritchie. You know, like yeah, yeah. Uh, let's uh, hold on. We're gonna do this real quick. On we're doing this live. When is Guy Ritchie's birthday? Oh, it's in September. We've already missed it. <laughs> well, well, I guess we can say we're doing this movie for his birthday because we missed his birthday by twelve days. It's kind of funny, oh, actually. Okay. So if we wanted to, next September, we can make it Guy Ritchie month and just do four movies of Guy Ritchie next September. That's. I think that sounds like a fantastic plan. That's not yeah. a, Especially because we know there will be a new one out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That at might, least one. That, yeah, that, at least one. That might be something that will happen. But until then, I have to give this a score of eight point. Uh, I'm going to give it an eight and a half. This movie's really good. I mm-hmm. had such a good time with this movie. So. Highly recommend it. And you know what? I'm looking back at our movies recently. We've had a good string of movies. You know, like if you go back to, and maybe just because I've been in a good mood, I don't know. Uh, I mean, seriously, like other than The Wrestler, everything has been 7.9 or higher going all the way back to Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. For me, other than the Reagan, The Wrestler. Not a huge yeah. fan of that. So maybe I've just been in a good mood. I don't know. I'm just happy to do the podcast. I'm excited. So you know, maybe I have to have something that I'm not going to enjoy. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. John, please tell our listeners what podcast you preside over. You are the producer on two podcasts, uh, one of which I have been a guest on. And the, and the other one, 
is just absolutely killing it right now with you know, guests from the Star Trek universe. So please take it away, John. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the, the first one, I am the producer on Green Shirt, a newbie's trek through TNG. Uh, Cam is the host of that. It is his first time watching Star Trek The Next Generation. He missed it when he was a kid. And so we are watching it uh, episode by episode and reviewing it through the lens of 30 to 35 years of being able to look back and compare and contrast it to current Trek on Open Pike Night, which I'm the host of and producer of. And that is a Star Trek Strange New Worlds themed call-in show where we, as the as new episodes of that drop when they are dropping, we ask the audience to send us in clips to discuss the episode, and then we let that drive our our discussion for the week. But like like Sean said, here in the off season, we just started getting interviews with cast members and crew members. We're on sort of a writer's streak right now. We just interviewed Akela Cooper and Bill Wolkoff, who both worked on Ghosts of Valyria episode three. And Kayla also worked on Elysian Kingdom, which is a season favorite for most people. And we'll be interviewing Onitra Johnson, who is also the writer on that, coming up next. You can find Green Shirt on Twitter at GreenShirt87. Open Pike Night is on Twitter at Open Pike. And you can find those both on pretty much any podcast platform. And you know, I, I, I'm kind of embarrassed to say this in front of the two of you. I don't I think I may have seen two or three episodes of Next Generation and that's about it. You know, and that that's okay. I mean the same like so Cameron didn't watch it at all and he's watching it yeah. now. You know, yeah. like you know, as a dude in his thirties, he's is just yeah. now watching it. And and he grew up he's in his he's my age. He's older than me. Oh. Yeah, he's yeah. I didn't know that. For some reason I thought he was anyway. Uh he uh so yeah, I mean, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. I mean, he was a dude like me. I grew up on the films, you know. I mean, TNG was yeah. in the house growing up, and I've watched the entire series from to back, but I don't remember most of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I even yeah. said that when I came on their episode. I I like the episode I chose was because I remembered it as the one with Frasier. <laughs> and and he's yeah. he's barely in the movie. He's barely in the episode. He's in the episode for like 30 seconds. Yep. Uh-huh. But, but it's, it's so memorable and the episode leading up to it is like, oh man, this is just fun. Yeah, and it's yeah, the yeah. one with Frazier. But yep. and it was funny because again, I mentioned it on the episode. I I said there's only two episodes from that season I remember. It's the one where they're stuck in the time loop, and then it's the one with Frazier. It's the same episode. <laughs> same episode. Uh-huh. So I only remembered yeah, yeah. one episode from that season. So and it's the one that and I picked. I, but I may not even have seen two or two or three episodes. I may have only seen one. Uh, but I know I was introduced to that uh, time frame of Star Star Trek because of uh, Star Trek Generations. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Because that movie came out, and I I either went to see it or my dad was watching it, and I just happened to sit down and watch it with them or something. Um, but that's how I was introduced to that whole cast, you know, and that generation of, of show. Yeah. The hell of a way to get introduced, but... I even like that movie. Well, yeah. Generations it, it, is the movie that got me. Like that was the movie. That was the first movie that my dad said to me, "Son, let us go as men do to the theater and watch a thing because your mom's not home." And I was like, "Yeah, okay, oh, let's go." Yeah. Like that was the first movie I went with dad to the theater. The first movie I saw in the theater was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two, which we did a whole series on for the show. 
But that was the first movie. Because I remember, I mean, I'm old enough to remember when Star Trek VI came out in the theater. I don't remember mm-hmm. Star Trek V, but I remember Star Trek VI. And one of my neighborhood friends went and saw it and said, oh, you got to go see this in the theater. You got to see it. But at, at that age, I wasn't interested in movie theaters. Yeah. Like well, I, and, and that's the one that got me. That That yeah. is the Star Trek. That was my first theater the, like the, the one that really hooked me was star trek six yeah. was the end yeah and, and, and for me film. it was generations and watching it going oh wow like it looks so good you know because they were yeah. using they had a budget and they were able to do some cgi that you couldn't do on the tv show yep. and just yep. being really impressed with how it looked and and i didn't care that you know kirk gets killed by scaffolding or whatever like you no. didn't you didn't yeah. care <laughs> at not not when you were i don't remember how old i was Nine? When did that movie come out? Ninety five? Seven. Five. Somewhere in there. Yeah, ninety five, ninety six, something like that. Yeah. I had it had to be younger than that. I, I think it was earlier than that, honestly. But first contact was ninety seven or ninety eight, because I was still in Utah at that point. I remember that. But yeah, it was it was uh mid nineties for generations. They yeah. were pretty quick back to back though. Yeah, they were. They were all like two, yeah. three, four years apart. They were they kept them pretty tight. Yeah, because uh, they wanted to get those actors in as many movies as they can. Yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> that's not the point. The point is, is that your show is great, and we're gonna have uh, Open Pike, the cast of Open Pike, that is Jesse Cam and John, are gonna come back on in November. November, we're doing Star Trek Month. That's right. Very excited. I don't have the lineup entirely just yet, but it's gonna be really, really good. So we're gonna do kind of like what we did with Star Wars. The only difference is, is that we're not doing a true trilogy with Star Trek. We're going to kind of bounce around the uh, the universe a little bit. Um, also, because we've already done for the podcast Wrath of Khan and Undiscovered Country and Into Darkness, so okay. we're it's not like we can do two, three, and four, or right. the the um, the new trilogy. Yeah. So, and I'm looking forward to looking forward to coming back and. I, uh, yeah, yeah, we're going to have a good on. time. In uh-huh. the meantime, you can go check out our website, cheapseatreviews.libson.com, as well as go to our Twitter, Facebook, all the stuff, all of our socials. Go there, hang out with me, talk with me, send me messages. That's all great. Go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash reviews. There you can get access to the new stickers that I've just ordered. So not only do I have these really cool the stickers of the neon cheap seat reviews chair. I just ordered a bunch of hollow stickers. So you want to get your hands on those patreon.com slash cheap seat reviews. That's the way to do it. Go help us out. I really appreciate it next week. Boy, is it going to be something special next week? Ebony hosts of the, of the, um, of the, uh, the Snuggies podcast, as well as the gruesome twosome movie review, some podcast. <laughs> good name great name. yeah it's uh-huh. a great name uh she hails all the way from australia so very excited for that and we're going to be doing spirited away so it's our first oh. first anime film that we will have ever yeah. done mirazaki film very excited i've seen none of his films yeah that was the first film of his i ever saw. the first yeah. anime i saw was that and so when i asked ebony what would you like to do and i put that as an option she yelled at me to do that she also wanted She's basically in the last few days. She's been mad at me for not inviting her on for Clueless and Joker. So uh, <laughs> I was like, "Well, you can only pick one, Ebony." That's just the way it goes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
John, thank you so much for coming on. It's been an absolute blast. And yeah, um, I am very excited to have you back on in a, in a month and a half. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It's been great to be here with you guys tonight. Absolutely. So all that being said, on behalf of uh, Andrew and Sam and John, this is Sean saying thank you all so much for listening. And we'll see you next week for Spirited Away.